In this new podcast series, I will be talking to visionaries, creatives, healers, teachers, educators and guides all around the globe. I'm so excited to share with you chats that I've had with these amazing people who are showing up in the world and helping people to shine their light, helping people to create their own journeys and to, you know, move forward in a positive manner. My intention for creating this new series where I talk to these amazing people was that I wanted to showcase other people that are in the world that are supporting women, are supporting humans, are helping, who are guiding and, you know, offering different healing modalities, mindfulness mindfulness techniques for parents and children and and everyone alike I wanted to showcase um, and open up dialogue around spirituality and healing modalities I wanted to just have conversation that flowed conversation that was um, informative and that everybody could get something out of and myself included in these interviews or these episodes that we you know and these chats that I've had with these people um, has opened up so much to me so I can only imagine what it's going to do for you guys Um, so I am so excited to announce this new series and I absolutely hope you love it as much as I do so let's get into today's episode Hey guys, welcome back to Your Inner Light Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And on today's episode, we have the gorgeous Gabriella from Soul Getters. She is a spiritual transformation coach, author and speaker who offers coaching, live events and online programs. She's a thought leader in spirituality, guiding individuals all around the world to tap into their fullest potential. On this episode, we sat down and we had a chat about all things spirituality, her journey as an intuitive child and how that was for her. We also speak about empowering women and you know, tapping into that, you know, potential that each individual has. In this episode, she speaks about the fear around being a child that is deeply intuitive um, from a very, very young age and just how that has affected her and how that has shaped her journey so far. The thing that I really like about Gabriella is that she um, uses spiritual tools, but she also uses practical tools as well. So meshing the two together, that creates a really good platform for people to, um, you know, step into, you know, their power, step into their full potential. And one of the things that I love is that she is really shaping the younger generation. People that work with her um, are young and they're getting these tools and these 
these techniques um, to create a life that they don't even know is possible um, at a young age rather than getting to middle age and thinking, gosh, you know, where is my life gone? And now I need to do these things, which there is no problem with, I might add, because most of my clients are at that stage and that's exactly where I am at a stage where, um, or I was at a stage where I was lost and just felt this longing for more, but didn't have any clue about what it is. But what I love about her is she's getting to the younger generation and they will be able to change their perception. They'll be more aware and be able to um, utilize these beautiful um, tools and techniques that she shares with them um, to create the, the life that they dream of. I should probably stop raving on and just let you listen for yourself. So here is our episode with the gorgeous Gabriella. Okay, so thank you. We have Gabriella Capabianco. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I had to practice actually. <laughs> we have Gabriella with us today, and Gabriella is an intuitive. And I wanted to say thanks for joining us today. Thank you um, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you. And I just want you to um, maybe start with how you got started in your business um, yeah. and the journey you've taken to get where you are now. Um, do you want to start by introducing yourself and sharing with our listeners more about who you are and your story? Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. So yes, my name is Gabriella Capobianco and I am the creator of the brand Soul Getters. So essentially what that means is helping that inner go-getter, like combining the inner go-getter with that soulful approach. So I do a lot of transformation coaching, helping people really step into their power, shine their light with both mindset and spiritual tools. So it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I do online courses, memberships, tons of different group programs, but it didn't start that way <laughs> a lot. I've always been extremely intuitive and that is something that really helps me in my business and my life in general. However, that was something that used to really scare me. And I mean, for my entire life from the time I was a baby, my mom said I used to wake up and I would point to the corner of the room every night at the exact same time, just screaming like on the top of my lungs. And she's like, I knew you were not just like hungry or your diaper needed to be changed. Like this was a shriek. And she always thought she was like, I thought somebody was stealing you or something like out of the house. Like, cause it was so scary. And I was, I mean, I was too little to be able to probably put into words what I was seeing or whatever. So that kind of, I think set the tone for my life. I just was always so fearful. I was always so afraid, like to the point where it was hard for me to sleep by myself. Um, even when I was little, like I remember just sitting on the stairs before I would go to daycare. So I was like three and I remember just grabbing my stomach because I was so nervous and I just always knew it as like a stomach ache. But now I know it's, oh, that was anxiety that I was feeling from such a young age. And I would just try to like tell my stomach, like, it, like feel better, like whatever a three-year-old would say. But I just remember feeling all of that from such a young age. And it was very hard for me. And of course, I probably couldn't verbalize what I was feeling. So 
my parents didn't even know that I like had those stomach aches before going to daycare and then preschool and school throughout the years. It was more of me just thinking something was kind of wrong with me and like, just like, okay, well, no one else is going to understand or whatever. And that's kind of what happened my whole life was just, I'm so like unnormal and like, what is all of this? And why do I feel like there's people watching me and even though there's nobody here and why am I so afraid and like it was just always I'm like why can't I be like the other kids and it was just always one thing after the next because I didn't really know how to make sense of any of it until I really it took me going to college to really start to see all of this the intuition sensing energy all of that I really it took me almost 20 years to really see it as oh this is a really beautiful thing that can help so many people but it didn't start that way it started with me dimming my light me trying to play small me trying to find anything I could to be normal or quote-unquote like fit in and for me it was soccer but once soccer didn't work out because I went through four knee surgeries and then told I couldn't play anymore it was like I had no other choice but to finally listen and finally start to handle and accept these gifts that I had that I was for so long trying to avoid or ignore. Wow. Yeah, that is, must have been very frightening as a child to be dealing with all that stuff. And as a parent, like your parent probably wouldn't pick up that, you know what I mean? That this is what you're going through um, because you know, not every child is that intuitive. Oh, totally. Um, well, I was actually lucky and different than most people. I, um, because my mother, my grandfather were super into like Sylvia Brown and John Edwards and stuff. So okay. even though they weren't maybe able to understand because they weren't going through what I was going through. They were into all of it. So like, I always remember my mom having Sylvia Brown books. So that did make it better for me in the sense of, I saw that she had these things. I saw my grandfather had these books. So I kind of, I always was intrigued, but I was just at the same time so terrified that, and I don't know what, I think it was more of terrified of the unknown, terrified of my power. It was a big part of it. And so they were very accepting. They did help. Like my mom from the time I was 12 years old had me working with like a spiritual mentor, but okay. I still like, there was times where I was like, Oh, this is cool. I want to do this. And then something would happen where I was like, no, this is too much for me. I don't want this responsibility. What is this? And I was still always so afraid. It was just this fear. I don't even know necessarily where the fear came from. It was always just like fear of something bad happening because I could feel people's anxieties, the empath in me, feeling their worries. And I used to like misinterpret them as my own was I think the biggest thing there. So I was just afraid and I didn't know why when really I was probably just picking up on other people's fears yeah and energies yeah and so you then got to college did you say mm -hmm. and you started embracing yeah gift. so it was kind of um a rock bottom like literally it's very cliche I feel like it was very much like a lot of people say like they hit rock bottom and I'm like well my mom had like all these yeah. books and like I think I went to um 
our school library and yeah and there was this one um sylvia brown book and she was the only person i recognized so i was like i'm gonna grab this i started reading that but also i started to meditate and that was really what changed things so essentially what happened was i was en route to play division one soccer and that's the highest level at least here in the u.s and um I ended up having to have four knee surgeries, the last one resulting in my entire knee blowing out literally every ligament. So my doctor finally told me like, you, you can't play anymore. And so I just got thrown into college, completely stripped of my identity, no idea who I was anymore. And just like angry at the world, like why did this happen? I worked so hard. So um, I didn't wanna give up sports because that was my identity. And so I tried to join the rowing team, which immediately I was like oh my gosh this is so hard this is like getting up at four in the morning I'm like this is too much for me so I stuck it out one semester but in that one semester's time my coach would have us meditate I didn't really know what it was and it didn't work for me because it was four in the morning and we were sitting outside in the cold in New Hampshire so New Hampshire is woods there's bears there's moose there's like just so the whole time I'd be sitting there, I was freezing, trying not to fall asleep in any noise. I was like, oh my gosh, was that a bear? Well, like just terrified. <laughs> so <laughs> actually, yeah, <laughs> it didn't work for me, but I just got to that rock bottom point because I've always been a generally like positive person. And so I just got to the point where I was like, well, he told us that meditation would help us be more positive and take stress away and whatever else he had said at the time. So I was like, well, I might as well try it. And like nothing else has worked. So I might as well. And in one of these books, so I'd gotten the Sylvia Brown book, but there was also another book I got called You Are a Medium by Sherry Dilliard or Dillard. And in that there was like a step-by-step -step on how to meditate for beginners. So I just kind of followed that script and I set my alarm, I literally started at two minutes and I worked my way up from there. But that was really when things started to change for me. Honestly, meditation was the biggest thing, I think because I started to be able to take back control of my body and my emotions and all of that. Um, but that was the biggest thing that helped me to then begin to accept myself and accept these gifts. And I started reading more and taking classes when I'd come home on break and different things like that. And it was really through all of that, that I was able to then start to step into my truth. So it was definitely a long journey. And still after that, yes, some ups and downs, but it took me to that point of a rock bottom. I don't know who I am anymore. And now I see as a blessing of the universe being like, listen, soccer is not for you anymore. You're here for like, not that it's not an important thing, but you're here for bigger things. You're here to help the world and it's time you step into that. So I see it now as a blessing, a blessing in disguise. But at the time I was like, this is not okay. Like I worked so hard just for it to not work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's what happens, isn't it? The universe gives us um, these moments where you know, these lessons or these signs. Mm -hmm. We're not sort of listening along the way and we sort of get to a point where oh, we're yeah. like, you know, you're just actually, you know, slam dunked with this, yeah, this sign that stops you in your tracks. And then yeah. obviously that, and it's always a good thing. People always mm -hmm. say, you know, rock bottom's bad, but for most people, rock bottom is the start of something amazing. Beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I like to use um, the term blessings. Yes. <laughs> lessons that turned into the biggest blessings or the greatest yeah. blessings. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> so tell us more about Soul Getters. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, tell us about how you started on that journey and, yeah. um, and then tell us more about what it is that Soul Getters is. Yeah. So essentially what happened actually was through this meditation, I started to receive messages from loved ones. And I would just start writing them, journal it out, and like tell people, I was like, oh, your grandmother came to me, even though I didn't know her. And like all these messages started to be correct. And so I was doing this just kind of for fun. And then my cousin kind of forced me into all of this. And she told me when I came home from Christmas break one year that her friend was going to be calling me to schedule a reading. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I don't do that, whatever. And she's like, oh, it's okay. She doesn't really, she knows you. Like, she doesn't have any expectations, blah, blah, blah. So I, was, I like, agreed to it. And the day of, I was texting her because my aunt had asked, like, oh, see if she wants to come over to our house and I'll have dinner. So as I was texting her, she told me, well, actually, it's my whole family who is going to be taking part in this reading. And I had never done this in person. Like I'd only ever just written it down. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Like I'm not doing this. But I, I try to think of any reason I could to not go, but there was something in me that was like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. So I let go of that fear in that moment. I was just like, all right, whatever, trust it. What's the worst thing that can happen? And I went into that and I told them, I was like, I've never done this before. This might not work. And they answered probably the best way I could have like wanted that situation to go saying they've never done that, done it either. So they had no expectations. <laughs> it was like, great. <laughs> and so long story short, it went really well. And yeah. I started my business with mediumship and it started to evolve. And I started to see that, oh, I honor those who do mediumship and I see the healing side of things, but I was like, there's, I love teaching. I love teaching. And I was always into soccer and like the action and like working and like all that stuff. And I could see this potential for people. So I started to kind of then transfer that into coaching, intuitive coaching, teaching, all of that. And I started to see that these people were so intuitive. They had so much potential, so much wisdom within them, their story of different things they've gone through. And I started to help people through that. So it was a little bit through soul getters came from me actually sitting in the kitchen with my sister saying like, I have this idea. This is what it is. Like there's all these individuals that I'm working with that are very much like the normal everyday person, because I do feel like sometimes like quote unquote spiritual people get kind of like a, there's a stigma around it. And it's like, yeah. oh, we just sit and meditate all day and we're out there and we stand out. And I'm very much an everyday girl. Like, yeah. and I so I never, right. Like I never resonated with like the people that were around me who like I would have conversations with and they'd start looking up to the sky and laughing. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, your angels are saying this. And I'm like, I'm not asking you what my angels are saying. I'm talking to you as a human. So yeah. like I went through all these different things with all these quote unquote spiritual people who are so out there. And I was like, yeah. that doesn't resonate with me. And they wouldn't take action because there was that like just pray and just all that. So that I explained this to my sister and she was actually the one who was like, how about soul getters? 
And I was like, that's perfect. Cause I said like that go getter, but spiritual. So we put that together. So soulful, mindful, spiritual practices with also that aligned action. So that's really where it got started was through a few years of like trial and error, figuring things out, figuring what I liked, figuring what I didn't like, but also learning so many spiritual practices and tools about the angels, about Akashic records, about goddesses, like numerology. Like I learned so much that I was like trying to find a way to incorporate all of this into one thing because I also at the same time was struggling because I loved the action and the doing and helping people reach their fullest potential. So combining the two is a really beautiful mix of helping people with the spirituality, spiritual practices, boundaries, protection, cord cutting, grounding, angels, all that stuff, manifestation, but also helping them to take that action, giving them the courage or like not giving them, but helping them to reawaken to that courage within them. And then like doing the rewiring of the brain, helping them to clear out the limiting beliefs And through that, it's been a really beautiful journey of helping people see and believe in their fullest potential or what they're capable of or those dreams that they have, but maybe have been too afraid to act on. Yeah, which is beautiful. And it's such a a great way because, you know, mixing the two, because um, a lot of time, you know, especially in the spiritual realm, Mm -hmm. people just say, you know, just trust. And you can't really just sit there and just wait for things to happen. So taking action um, and having those those tools and those techniques is also a great way to, you know, get people to move forward rather than just sitting there waiting for something to, you know, manifest into their life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, being um, an intuitive coach, what are mm-hmm. the main things you see clients struggling with yeah so a lot of the clients that I work with are struggling with the fact that they don't feel like they're living to their fullest potential they're lacking fulfillment like they know that there's more out there for them but they don't really they either don't know where to start which they say they don't know where to start but usually as soon as we get in and start to talk about well, what are your likes what are the common themes in your life what are the, who are the people you usually attract? Like what comes easily to you and naturally to you? What would you be doing if you had all the money? So money wasn't like an excuse of why you couldn't do something. They very quickly know what it is that they really want to be doing. It's just a matter of them gaining the courage to verbalize it and admit it to themselves. So a lot of them are searching for fulfillment and purpose in their lives, but also a lot of them too are people who do feel like there is more to this than just like our physical reality and they're searching for more ways to deepen their intuition like I do a lot of meditation akashic work um and activations soul activations is kind of like what I like to call them where we journey deep into their soul and help them to communicate with their higher self help them to pull out the things that are no longer of service to them and rewire to that highest version. So a lot of them are looking for just those like spiritual practices, principles, tools that are also helping them navigate through life a little bit more smoothly. But usually at the end of the day, a lot of it 
even through that, they end up reawakening to, oh, there's a deeper purpose for me here. Oh, like this is what I want to do. So a lot of them, it really ties back to fulfillment, purpose, knowing that there's more out there for them, just not maybe sure where to start on their own. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of similar. The, the clients that come to me are quite similar. Usually um, their mothers probably, you know, in their from 30 upwards, but they're the same, like just feeling unfulfilled, um, feeling that there's something more, but they just can't put their finger on what it is. It just seems to be, um, you know, like a common theme. I've talked to other people and they say the same thing. It's just that, that tug for more. Totally. I can totally relate to that. And it's like, it's, I truly believe it's because we've been brought up in a world where it's like you go to school, you go to college or university, you get your job, you get married. Like it's a very structured expectation of you. And all that does is leave you unfulfilled, not knowing who you are. So many people are just walking around with all of these like false identities, just trying to kind of play it small because, well, that's what's expected of me rather than what do I really want? Like, what if? I could do anything. What would I be doing? And we're just not taught to think that way. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned Akashic Records. What is that? Yes. So the Akashic Records, I like to kind of think of it as, um, well, how I see it and actually reading books on it. A lot of people have seen it the same way is this big hall on the other side, other dimensions, um, heaven, like whatever you believe in or listeners believe in to refer to as holding all of our lifetimes, past, present, future, everything you need to really navigate the world is in there. And I see it kind of like, like a Greek or Roman, like big marble pillars, like, and I've seen it like that. And I've seen clients explain it that way. I've read it in books to look that way. So it's interesting how everybody seems to connect in a very similar way. I mean, not everybody, but a majority. So it's really cool when that happens. But yeah, it holds. It's like, I like to use the reference of imagine walking in and you have your own specific room. That's a library just filled with books, filled with books of lifetimes, past, present, future, lessons, all of that. And like right now, your book of life is this lifetime and the chapters symbolize different periods in your life and lessons you've had to learn and overcome. And it's here to make our lives easier. But like with most of this, most people just aren't aware that these things exist, different forms of energy, because it's all just energy at the end of the day. And when we can access it, that's when all the magic and the fun starts to really happen. Yeah, yeah. I've had some, um, like along my journey, I've had some moments where I'm like, wow, like this just totally blows me away. Um, Same kind of thing like with, um, you know, past um, life stuff, um, light codes, those kind of things. Um, Just as the more you awaken and the more you uh, open, just how much more, comes in and you're awakened too. Totally. It's so like, I always say, I'm like, I mean, I am like a very, like at the same time, a very logical person. Like when I ask for like, let's say signs from the universe, it needs to be so obvious to me. Like I don't want to see like a cardinal or a butterfly because I see those every day. Like I've asked for double rainbows in January, which is the middle of winter here in the U S like 
I've asked for just like these crazy things, two elephants with their like tusks coming together, like just things that I wouldn't see normally because I'm like, I need something crazy, like so out of the ordinary for me to believe it. But at the same time, I'm also like, if somebody was to tell me something that they experienced, like, oh, totally. Like, I don't doubt it. Like, there's so many like cool things that start happening when you dive into all of this, that it is at the same time, like, yeah, anything really is possible. And I would not be surprised with like different experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe I need to do that with signs. I am big on, you know, universal signs, but I tend to like see it and go, oh yeah, but maybe I need to see another one or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like don't yeah. think it's so if I do something that's like, you know, double rainbows or something like that, maybe, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it may help your... <laughs> yes, it'll help your mind because I've gone like with the double rainbow, for instance, I was actually on a cruise with some of my friends and because I was like, all right, that's an out of the ordinary thing. You don't usually see it. People don't talk about double rainbows. So he was looking through this like glass door and went with his sunglasses on. It was all these different rainbows. But I pictured this rainbow to literally be two rainbows like over each other. But this was just like streaks of rainbow all like interlapping. But he was like, oh my gosh, look, it's a double rainbow. And I was like, hmm. I was like, okay, maybe that's my sign. But then I was like, yeah, this isn't how I pictured it. So if that was my sign, show it to me again. And sure yeah. enough, I got home from this cruise and this was actually a sign for me to quit rowing <laughs> because I was literally going back to school for the second semester in like a week. So it was January and my mom starts screaming from the kitchen. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she's like, look outside, it's a double rainbow. And I, to this day, have, I've kept this picture because you don't ever see rainbows in January in upstate New York. And it was literally just over my backyard. I was like, and my world stopped for a minute. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. This was my yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. I'm taking notes. Yes, <laughs> it's so cool how the universe helps you and guides you when you're open to it and like ask yeah. for this. Yeah, exactly. We, I asked to see bluebirds and so, um, and I sort of made it like general, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm -hmm. just a bluebird. You know, yeah. kind of thing. So I had a little bag that had clothes and stuff in it. It had a shape of a bluebird, but it was white. And so I was uh -huh. like, oh, and like I was getting up and I went, oh, okay. And I was like, no, no, that can't be it. And then I opened something else and there was a bluebird there. Oh my and then, gosh. And then that day I'm just like, oh, maybe. <laughs> uh -huh. So we had like a blue kingfisher like run into our window. Like we don't even oh have God. those kind of birds around here very much. So my husband's running in like, here's your bluebird. Like he was, yes. you know, see if it was okay. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I get it. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. Yes. So many signs in like one day to the point where it's like, okay. Okay. I got it. I can't keep denying this. <laughs> I got it. Thank you. <laughs> As they're probably rolling their eyes at us. Like we're yeah. showing her oh, signs. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself? Oh, that's a really great question. I would say the biggest thing is to always trust myself. Because yeah. I was somebody who, like I said, I was so afraid. And when I say afraid, like I was so like fearful of people not liking me, fearful of like judgment, fearful of everything that I was always just giving my power away, always wanting to be like 
accepted or always wanting other people to first like tell me it was okay to do something or whatever. And time and time again, I've been like shown through sometimes very hard lessons that at the end of the day, you know yourself best. And at the end of the day, like you have the power within, like trust yourself because you know what's best for you. You know what's right. Forget what everybody else is saying about you or thinking or expectations they're trying to throw your way and follow what feels good to you. That was the biggest thing that I've learned is like every time I've denied that or ignored what like my internal, like I like to call it my inner navigation system is telling me, I'm always like, like it blows up in my face or doesn't go as it could have if I just listened to myself the first time. And you could use soccer as an example. I could have avoided four knee surgeries (laughs) if I had just listened from the beginning, which it's okay. It was all part of it. But at the end of the day, it's like, there's been so many times, time and time again, where it was like being afraid of my power, not believing in myself fully because I could feel all these great things coming. But I was like, when I started my business, I was only 20 years old. I'm like, how can a 20 year old do all this on her own? She doesn't even like I left college for this. I don't even have a business degree. Like what? And so it was through some hard lessons to finally just believe in myself and realize like, no, I can do this. I can trust myself. I have the power within. I just have to finally do it and listen to myself and honor myself. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So who um, are three people who have been most influential to you and your journey? Well, I would definitely have... So do you mean just people in general or more like... Yeah, anyone. Okay. So, well, I definitely would have to first say like definitely my parents in two different ways. Um, And I really honor them for everything that they have done for me because like, for instance, like my mom being so accepting of me and just like, it's just cool how she was so into all of this in a time when it wasn't really accepted. It's like she knew intuitively like to prepare for me in a sense to come down. So I really honor her for that because she tried so hard to understand me. She never once told me you're wrong or you're weird or you're just making this up. Like she always believed me and has always been there. Like I said, I was so afraid. Like I would make her when I was in elementary school, when I was very little, sit on the bathroom floor as I showered because I was so afraid to be on my own. And most people would have said, no, like you're fine. But she always just comforted me and made me feel safe. And then my father though, he would take me to soccer every day and it was an hour ride there and he the whole time would give me these pep talks I could do anything be anything always follow my heart I can do anything I put my mind to like this was every day for years and years and years he taught me how to visualize so started visualizing different moves in soccer and like how I was going to play in the game like he taught me all these things so that they really kind of prepared me for this in a sense like it, it's really because cause if they didn't always tell me those things I never would have even left college to be honest <laughs> and um so those two are definitely very important um I would definitely say also going off of that Sylvia Brown was a big part of that because even though I don't even she was I think 
almost on her way out of this world, probably when I started to really learn from her. But that was such an inspiration for me because my mom always talked about her, like in reading books from her. So she really helped me, I feel like, feel safe in this and really accept my gifts. And then I would also say um, Gabby Bernstein really has helped me a lot in her Spirit Junkie Masterclass. And just because a lot of what she does is really what I do or aspire to do someday in making spirituality something that's more of just the norm because we are spiritual beings and we're having a human experience. And she's really helped me to connect the dots to that and help me share and teach and just kind of like through her teachings in a sense it's helped me have that oh okay I can do this and okay there will be people who want to learn and all of that so those are definitely the I guess technically four yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh that's fantastic and just going back to um you know how you felt as a child um, yeah. And how, you know, you had your intuitive, gift, intuitive gifts like quite mm-hmm. early on. Do you have yeah. like any advice for children that may be going through the same thing or parents that are, you know, going through a similar situation? So first, like for parents, I would always just recommend just being open. Like don't ever, like, I mean, don't beat yourself up if you had, but especially from like my perspective, when I knew I was seeing things, or feeling things and just couldn't explain it. Like, I feel like if my mom or dad ever told me that it was all made up in my head, I feel like that would have just like crushed me because it was so hard for me to even verbalize that I was afraid or why I was afraid or what I was seeing type of thing. So I think that's the biggest thing is trying to, even if you don't believe it, just listen to your kid or your children. Like they don't even need an explanation almost just more of like they need to voice it and for somebody not to shoot them down and tell them like no you're making that up because like I said my parents didn't really understand it I think the one time my father did say to me when I remember I saw my grandfather on our roof and I had never met him because he passed away when my dad was 21 so I didn't even really know what he looked like but this was one of those big moments that I do remember me and my dad were actually outside and we were playing in the yard and I saw him I saw him with his red hat and I freaked out and I went running inside I was super dramatic I was like I am never going outside again there's a man on the roof and like my parents were like what did you see what did you see and I explained it and long story short it was apparently my grandfather the red hat my father had given him right before he died so I think that's what really confirmed it for them but in that moment instead of my parents like telling me no you made that up my dad actually told me because he's from Italy so he I called my grandfather no no I mean even though I never met him but no no and our dog's name was Kendall and he told me oh I see no no and Kendall all the time but then he just walked away and didn't explain anymore (laughs) And so, but I always remember that. I don't even think he remembers saying that to me, but I remember that. And I was like, what? So in that moment, I was like, oh, okay. Or if you can explain to your kids like, oh yeah, people do sometimes feel these things, but it's okay. They're not going to hurt you. There's nothing wrong. Like, cause I used to just be so afraid that something was going to like get me. I don't know. Maybe it's from hearing about scary movies and stuff like that. So that's an important piece. But for children, even like 
I started surrounding, like, I mean, it depends on the age, but I started reading books from a fairly young age. I started, I read books like Sylvia Brown books. Um, in high school, even I read like the Long Island Medium and different books, even though at the time I wasn't like fully dived in. I did read books just as like interest of, oh, okay, okay, or watched on TV. Um, but honestly, if you're a parent and you could help your child, I would recommend helping them with like a meditation. I've found that meditation has been the most powerful thing for me and really all of my clients. And there's so many different things you could have. Like if your child is little, like just having them lay down and put a stuffed animal on their stomach and just have them count how many times the, stu the stuffed animal goes up and down with their breath because it's just bringing them back to the present moment. Um, but if they're a little bit older, there's so many guided meditations on YouTube, I have so many different scripts that I sell or guided meditations in my membership. There's so many different resources. I'm sure like you or you have other people that you know who have meditations. Guided meditations are really good for them. And pa as parents, you could literally go online and find a script and read it off for the child because children are so connected. Like even if you have them, I mean, they probably won't be able to see this, but just with their hands, just envisioning a ball between their hands and just moving their hands, like creating a snowball or something. Kids start to feel that energy because you can feel it after a little yeah. while. And I taught some meditations at a local elementary school and I had them do that. And every child, there was 13 kids, they're like, oh my gosh, I can feel this. So it's like finding just little ways like that that will help yeah. them kind of realize that, yeah, there is more and it's yeah. just energy, but kids are so naturally in tune. They just need to yeah. know that it's okay, that they're safe and that they're not making it up in their head. So that's yeah. like the biggest thing is like accepting it, but then maybe have them do like a little meditation. There's so many books even that have guided meditations. I think my mom, when I was little, not little, little, but I was young, had a Sylvia Brown book and she actually read a past life regression script to me and it worked. Oh, and I was just super into it. So like there's so many yeah. books even that there are scripts. So I'd recommend starting with meditation because chances are if they're an intuitive child, they're very anxious, they're very empathic. So they're probably absorbing a lot. And what meditation will help them do is to kind of calm their body, calm their mind, all of that. So they can just like relax a little bit more and handle things a little bit differently yeah I find that um I do mindfulness with children younger children and parents mm -hmm. alike but how do I get like a two-year-old to meditate and it's just about it is it's about simplifying and just getting them to you know even like doing it yourself and having them sit in your lap and just getting yeah. them free but I, I I'm with you on that but meditation absolutely changes the game um it helps does. them to manage their you know their emotions and regulate, you know, what's sort of going on. So yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent on totally. Yeah. It helps with their emotions and also does help them increase their intuition, trust their themselves before society tells them otherwise. Yeah. And yeah. it's just all around such a powerful thing for all ages. But if they can start from a young age, that's like yeah, the world would be a different place. <laughs> yeah, it would be. And that's why I do a lot of the work that I do, trying to get into early childhood services. I've been at early childhood education, um, in education for 20 years. And so just doing those things with two-year-olds and, you know, and, and they would be like, you know, 
most of the kids would run around saying, can I have the iPad? Can I have the iPad? But our kids were like, can we do your, your can we meditate? Can we do the tapping oh, song? And yeah, yeah, so, you know, like just starting early and planting that seed and they're actually going to carry that with them through their life. Totally, so totally. Like, oh, I remember a time where we used to do, you know, meditation at school and maybe this is what will calm me or breath or, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. So definitely, um, yeah, we need to start with our children for sure. Yeah. And it's just, that's like a preventative, like so many of my clients now are in their twenties still. And it's super exciting to see that. Cause I'm like, you guys are doing the healing work now. Yeah. You are helping yourself now rather than when you're having a midlife crisis or rather yeah, than never. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly I'm like right. yeah. Like, I mean, you guys are like ahead of the game and that's what I'll say to them. But I'm like, but imagine if like we did this when we were in preschool, before preschool even, like yeah, how exactly. many different lessons we would not have to go through, like just how much more fulfilled we would feel overall. It's just yeah. and so the, powerful. And the empathy and the compassion too for other mm, people and seeing yes. things from a different perspective. Because I think a lot of us see things our own way and yeah. most of the time that's just skewed. Oh, totally. And I know yeah. for me, even like I'm a very like type A personality and very on the go and very go, 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 go. And like just constantly though, like also just overanalyzing and all of that. And like meditation helped me kind of take that step back to calm down, to like take a step back and see situations from like what they really a different are. perspective <laughs> and see the truth. Yeah. And like, I'm now able to see, like, you can use that as an example. Like, if there was, like, a disagreement with somebody or whatever it might be. And now, naturally, and this wasn't something I learned, let's say, through a spiritual practice. This just started to happen naturally through meditation was I started to take the step back and start to see, okay, well, why did they react that way? And start to see it from different perspectives of, okay, even though I didn't have any bad intentions by what I said, and I said it nicely, I now see that this was a trigger for them because they always felt like this growing up. So even though your ego might still come in and be like, yeah, well, they overreacted and they didn't, they shouldn't have yelled at me or whatever. It's still like, okay, but I see now why, and it helps you handle it better or open your heart to forgiveness and love or like you said like the empathy empathy just like it helps in so many ways yeah and just opens a new awareness I suppose yeah Yeah. it's there it's so much more powerful I feel like than even like different like scientific journals have out right now because that's more about just like stress and like sleep and blood pressure but on a spiritual level too just It's just amazing. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything that I should have asked you but I haven't? Hmm. I don't, I think just the biggest thing for anybody who's listening is just knowing that your voice matters. And if you feel like there's more to your life, it's because it's, there is. And knowing like, don't ever allow any limitations to hold you back because you are here, like you are such a beautiful, abundant being and you came here to live the most happy, fulfilled life possible. 
And if it's somebody who is feeling like there's more fulfillment, like your purpose here is to constantly grow and constantly find happiness. So just follow what makes you happy and the rest will really start to like, the path will unfold for itself. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so where can we find, like our listeners find you? Where can we connect and find you? totally so i do love instagram so on instagram i'm at soul getters so s-o-u-l-g-e-t-t-e-r-s and i mean i have a podcast too the soul getters podcast so everything is really soul getters um my facebook group which we have a lot of um just like fun little freebies and it's a community it's building that community of like-minded individuals is ambitious soul getters and then also my website is www.soulgetters.com. So from my website, really, though, you'll be able to find everything. And I'll Insta- put all of those links in the show notes anyway, yeah. so that if people want to find you, they can. And uh, one question, the last question that I have, um, what does the phrase inner light mean to you? Inner light. Really like your power your strength, um, who you truly are. And something that's coming up that connects with that is one day in a session I had with a client, I heard like Ramesh that came through for them was your light is the most powerful protection or powerful gift that you have. Nothing can penetrate your light. Your light is really your power and your gift, your uniqueness. It's so much more powerful than like most people I feel like are aware of. Awesome. And the reason I ask that, obviously, is because yeah. the podcast is your inner light <laughs> and I'm in a light collective. And I actually, yeah. that came to me in a download, um, you know, yeah. sort of about the yeah. inner light because I was Erin Child health coach and it just really wasn't in alignment. So, you know, um, and that for me has been the crux of like my business and everything. And the, awesome. the way you just explained it is magnificent. Oh, so thank yeah. you. That's yeah, beautiful. No, thank yeah. you for having me today. This has been so much fun, and I'm just so thankful to have been able to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so glad that we had you on, and um, I look forward to you know getting this out there. And all our listeners, if you want to connect with Gabriella, um, the links will be in the show notes. So thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. See you later. Bye. <laughs>